Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the run home on SENZ. All thanks to Mick Delivery. Great to have you joining us today on Wednesday, the 25th of January. Well, it is the first day on the job for our new Prime Minister. B, remind us of his name. <laughs> uh, Mr. Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're half right. You're half right. We need a buzzer beater, don't we? We need to collect all of these beaver moments with a buzzer beater. Mr. Hopkins, I think you're looking for Mr. Hipkins. Mr. Hipkins as well. Do we now um, have to call him the Right Honourable Prime Minister of New Zealand, Chris Hipkins? Is that his official title? I do believe so. So um, he's officially been sworn in now as our new Prime Minister. My mate Hippie. Um, yeah, what a day for him. What a day. Do you have any memories of your first day on the job? Any stories to share with us? If you do, double eight double three on the Temper and Bedpost text line or 0800 150811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. And every caller during the week on the run home, so specifically on our show, goes in the draw to win a $250 Makita New Zealand voucher. We want your first day at work stories. You must have some good ones, Beeb. Well, apart from going to different footy teams, it was pretty much this. Yeah, well, what was your first day on the job like at SCNZ? Well, I was all excited. I was getting to work with uh, one of the most respected... Uh, Producers. Uh, um, biggest names in all of uh, New Zealand sport. And Mr Kirst- Hewitt. And Kirst Stanway, and she was in Japan. Um, so, yeah, my first day of work, I was sort of running solo um, in an industry that I had no idea what I was doing. So I thought it was great. And, and again, thank you. Do you think that's probably like Mr Hipkins' day? Do you think he's totally out of his depth on day one on the job? Does he know what it takes to be a Prime Minister? Or is that something that you literally learn when you step into that role? Jesus is controversial. Uh, if we're going to get snapped up here and put on stuff for saying out of his depth New Zealand Prime Minister <laughs> That's not on the what I'm saying home. at all. I'm just wondering, what prepares you to be the Prime Minister of New Zealand? Oh, I've talked to a lot of them over the years. Nothing prepares yourself to be the leader of a nation. Not um, just Prime Minister, but in several <laughs> jobs. Like yeah. There must be other jobs that you just can't prepare for starting that job until you're on the job. And I think broadcasting is another example, isn't it? Oh, Nothing prepares you. Prime Minister of New Zealand hosting the run home. It's very similar, I would have thought. Nothing prepares you for the moment that that red light goes on. You had um, it easy the first few weeks, babe. You did a two-hour show. <laughs> it was all cruisy. Remember, actually, my real first day was actually when there was no one listening and we sat in the dungeon at the old TAB buildings and we talked to ourselves for it. I think the first day I got to talk to ourselves for an hour and then the next day, okay, you've graduated, an hour and a half. Oh, okay, you're going right, two hours. Uh, so that was a good part uh, of the job, not knowing that, or knowing that no one is actually listening. Now you get a lot more nervous, don't you? Now that you know what's coming. Oh, now you know what's coming. I can't believe this was your first day that you've ever had on a job. I think I've had about 30 first days on a job in my oh, life. Oh, look, a full-time <laughs> job. I mean, I've had... Uh, Plumbing apprentice, I've had um, hay contractor, I've had uh, New World Trolley Boy when I was about nine. Um, you were at the New World Trolley Boy at nine years old. Yeah. No pressure with that job, is there? Or is there oh, not? I'll tell you what. Hitting cars? Hitting in cars? 
hitting cars and then and did you do that thing where you roll like you're rolling with 20 trolleys that you're trying to move at one time do you think back in 1945 when I was the trolley boy that they had things like those straps that they have now they probably didn't even have a trolley to be honest you just had long arms that you had to hold your trolleys you had to hold them all and well, lucky there's only, what, 20 people in Waikuku, so you're only pushing around two trolleys at a time. Oh, yeah, but they all shop at once. So they needed that, those six trolleys back, and as a young nine-year-old, I just had to reach a long way. So don't tell me there's no pressure in that. I remember um, my first job was paper run, like like a lot of Kiwis, right, would have had the paper run. And uh, my sister used to do a paper run, a different paper run to me. She used to have to load all her papers onto her bike and push them around the neighbourhood. But the favourite younger child used to get her newspapers dropped off uh, at different parts of the street, so I only had to carry about 20 newspapers at a time. That is the creature my father created, so thank you, Dad. Spoiled, spoiled. And now we've all got to pay <laughs> the repercussions of that, uh, fathering Mr Stanway. Uh, another, I do remember another the first day on job I had a lot of like I guess like one month two month jobs during school holidays and varsity mm-hmm. holidays and uh, one of the uh, the great supporters of the Waikiki Rugby Club um, he's a contractor and uh, he said oh you can come over we're doing a subdivision at Pukekohe and we're just shifting a whole lot of like if you envision Kirst, like big round concrete pipes that go into subdivisions and yeah. uh, and uh, he tough, said oh. sounds like a tough job and he said oh well, be just uh, jump on the um jump on the digger over there and uh, just shift shift this one from here over to there. And I've never, I'm 17, 18, never driven a digger in my life. Um, and I've connected the chains up through it. And I don't know how much these things are worth, but I know the price of drainage and uh, concrete now, so I'd hate to think. And I had to pick it up. And he's a notorious grumpy man on the site. Lovely fellow, but very grumpy on site. And I had to pick it up and just shift it over, I don't know, 20 or so metres. Uh, I dropped it onto another big, Concrete, uh, concrete uh, pipe, and uh, split the whole thing, mm. and so that was wasted. So that was another first day. Um, so yeah, I guess I had. Did you go some. back again for day two, or were yeah, you not well, invited back? No, thankfully he did, and uh, he can't patch up the concrete pipes, can you? But I do get I, every time I go into Waikato Rugby Club now, he does remind me um, of my first day working for him. Um, I don't know if he wants me to reimburse him, but I mean, you know, twenty years is a long time. Um, mm. To uh, to hold that grudge against me, but uh, no, it's uh, it is always daunting when you don't really know what you're doing. First day on the job experiences, like Mr. Chris Hipkins today, is first day as Prime Minister. Does anything prepare you for that? And did anything prepare you for your first day on the job? Would like to hear from you on 0800 150 or double eight double three. Can I toss one out there? Um, Throw it out there. When I started at the freezing works, um, we a few of my flatmates at the time played a bit of a prank on me to where I ended up uh, <laughs> contracting pink eye. Before my first day, so both of my eyes were absolutely bloodshot. Um, Are you ex- still going to work? I'll explain it to you afterwards, Beaver. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> I didn't know that had happened to me because I got up at, like, you know, Sparrow's Fart and then went into work. I hadn't looked at my own reflection. I get in there. They dress me for the th- I go in and they're leading me around. I had this guy showing me around. At Smoko, he pulls me aside and goes, hey, just so you know, <laughs> um, everyone here thinks that you're real blazed in, <laughs> in the uh, lamb cuts department at the freezing works. And he's like, um, it's all good, but just so you know, everyone's talking about it. Well, I got randomly drug tested that day. I passed it and subsequently became the guinea pig for every random drug test going forward because they knew I'd pass it. Oh, I mean, I'd, I don't know if we've got time, but I'd like to take a few steps back and actually hear more about 
how the pink eye was contracted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think if you go to some establishments, Manai, you're going to walk out with potential pink eye. Yeah, look, it was something done to my pillow the night before oh. I had work, so I was unaware of it um, until uh. I got home. And, and, yeah, conveniently, everyone was sitting there waiting for me to walk in the door going, how was your first day at work? Well, you wouldn't believe this. My eyes have been bloodshot. Oh, what is that? Yeah, so I, I, I didn't ask them what they did to my pillow to, uh, to make that happen, um, and I try not to think about it where possible, babe. First day stories. Uh, we love it. Jacob, for you, this is probably your first job, so what was your first day like at SNZ? Uh, it's my third, actually. Um, I spent my first my first job was uh, at Sal's Pizza, and I was a delivery driver. I oh, there must be some stories yeah, there, the was, old pizza driver. I was new to the, uh, new to the area as well as being having my first job so I had no idea what I was doing um, driving around for ages I remember there was this one time where I drove up several people's driveways and told to you know bugger off and um, basically called up my manager and was like I'm, I'm not sure what to do and he's just like okay well we're just gonna have to come back and throw the pizza out I mean it's not a great yarn but it was uh, very embarrassing at the time it had never happened at McDonald's would it well, not at McDonald's. Yeah. I can actually still remember Jacob's first day at SNZ, and uh, he kept oh, getting the questions wrong on um, Drive to Survive. So, actually, that um, reminded me. Um, I was <laughs> very intimidated by your presence, Beeve, on my first day. And um, he I is remember an intimidating folk, I was, isn't he? I was invited to eat a charcuterie board with you, with uh, <laughs> Sam Thompson, I believe, um, <laughs> after after the show, and I was basically shitting myself. Yeah, well, I can't believe you got an invite after your performance in that job to survive, <laughs> but anyway, anyway. First day on the job stories, uh, we want to hear from you like Mr Hipkins today. First day as Prime Minister, surely there can be nothing more daunting than that uh, other than maybe being the All Blacks coach. But the first day as an All Blacks coach wouldn't be too bad. It's after months or years of... Dreaming. Stuff. Yeah. No, I'd have thought that'd be like... Your uh, dream day. I'd have thought that'd be like being... Being a kid getting locked in Willy Wonka's factory. Yeah. It's just when you're not performing, that's when the dream becomes mm. into mm. a little bit of a nightmare, doesn't it? Yeah, that's when, that's when you'd question your life choices. Mm. We'd love to hear from you today uh, anyway. You, Beeve, today, you've been up to uh, something interesting. Interesting visit today with your young children. Yeah, obviously, try to get along to go see Grandma uh, once a week. Uh, Grandma, as we know, is uh, nearing the triple figures. Um She's running wonderful winnings. A wonderful winnings. She's running through the 90s at the moment at pace, uh, and she's sitting on 99 at the moment. And, she's going to uh, get a letter from the king. From the king. Um, Did she want it from the king or the queen? She's probably not aware that the queen is no longer with us. Um, but uh, took took the boys out there because lives at Kindy, and you know, and I can remember this sort of instance as a young fella. You get to a point where you know the older generation of ladies love to slap a kiss on you. But um, as ladies get older, curse, and I don't know if you're at that stage yet, they become very sloppy and uh, accuracy is pretty poor. Well, the boys, the boys, you know, they're young, but they love their great granny and they always give her a big hug and a kiss when they, when they leave. But today, um, my grandma got it horribly wrong and uh, Jacko, Jacko wore one all over, because he hasn't got a big melon, he, he wore it all <laughs> over his eye, cheek and nose and... Uh, much to everyone's amusement and thankfully grandma's uh, big jacko had to give it a big swipe away and uh, was swiping away for the next five minutes as he, as he left grandma's. So uh, no one took anything personally. Um, grandma quickly forgot it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, quite quite entertaining and it did take me back to my to my youth or even even still today you, you run in 
to you know your older ladies and uh, still. What age are you when you become quite sloppy? Um, yeah. what, are, what are we talking here? I think mean, even north of seventy, I think you've got to be wary of the the older ladies' kiss uh, and where it ends up. But uh, Jack, I think it was his first uh, first experience of it today, which was well, quite he did amazing. well. He handled himself well, didn't he? <laughs> he Wiping did. it off just like a true champion for five minutes. He did. He did. He bounced back. He bounced back well. You must be the favourite grandchild. I'd like to think so. Mm. Yes, there's a there's a couple that like to put their hands up, but uh, you're it. Yeah, I'd like to think so. In your grandma's eyes, you're definitely it. Uh, lovely uh, visiting your great grandma, and actually, you've got some news for us. Uh, you've been. <laughs> <laughs> Beaver has some news for us. You know how we always joke about him not retiring and, and never putting out an official statement? That's because he has become a professional at going into uh, basically T20 leagues for rugby around the world, taking these paychecks and uh, giving his hamstrings a wee stretch. Well, it's not as lucrative as any IPL deal that uh, former friend of the show and, and breakfast host Baz would Although the last one was in Dubai. It was in Dubai. Um, no, yes, uh, accepts an invitation to go to Cape Town. Uh, for the very famous Cape Town Tens uh, in about uh, two weeks' time. And uh, that's caused me a bit of concern. Obviously, we're all across the... <laughs> the broken the, foot. The sliced, the sliced foot, which still is in a moonboot and I can't run. And unlike Dubai... Um, these teams all put threads together and you can get a feel for who you're dealing with. But Dubai, I, a couple of Waikiki lads, a couple of Kiwi lads who I knew uh, through mates and brothers and um, good fellas, and I knew it was a, a, essentially a, a bit of a social outfit. That's what you thought. But yes. remember you almost got caught into the French national side? That's true. The French national team did come knocking uh, late in day three when we were knocked out, and I was close to being knocked out anyway. But um, this lot in particular, they're young, um, and oh, no. they're sending, putting up pictures of their training regimes. And Hold on, is this a New Zealand team? Or no, is South it? African. Oh, it's a South African team South that African you're playing team. for. Yes, uh, because I spent the day uh, after the Dubai Sevens on a, I guess what you call a, a super yacht. A super yacht. yacht. <laughs> a super yacht with our team and one other team and because our owners were with mates. And it happened to be these South Africans. And I got yarning to them. And then a few weeks ago, they messaged saying, hey, great catching up. Um, would you like to come join us in Cape Town? And I said, well, I do love Cape Town. Um, thinking, you guys know what we were about. Must it's think the same, same. They must just think, hey, let's get Beaver we'll to, to add to our social side of things. Uh, no, I don't think it is social. Uh, so, I'm and and there's no. I'm not playing any plus thirty fives. This is just an open season uh, tennis side tournament, which is a big deal in uh, Cape Town. So, how many teams are playing in this comp, and is it from all over the world? Yeah, so a lot of the British teams fly down for like you know, obviously a great trip, but. They take it rather seriously, and the fact I'm looking at some of our some of our guys have played on the world. Um, Who have you got? Oh, a couple of Aussie boys, and um, do you know them? There's a Fijian who was in our team up until yesterday, who's just been called into a Fiji Sevens team. So um, that's the concern I have because okay, that's the level that we're yeah, at here. Because since I knocked off, um, when I say knocked off, I knocked off my real job that is uh, radio hosting with Kim as on the breakfast show. I haven't done a whole lot. Um, I don't think there's been a day where I haven't ripped open one of the finest RTDs in the world. Good. And I have lived on onion dip and chips uh, for the last month. So now I'm that like I can't... sounds similar to your rugby diet when you were playing for the Chiefs and All Blacks anyway, Beef. I was younger, though. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not nearing the twilight of my career. Okay, so what do you need to do in the next two weeks to ensure when you get to Cape Town you're in the best possible condition uh, so you're not blowing out? Well, I got up this morning at 5 o'clock and went, uh, went to the shed and did a gym. Um, I, I think that's the least of my worries. I somehow need to get some cardio into this... Uh, 
this foot that's got stitches in. So when are the stitches out? Supposed to be Friday. Which then you leads, be running from Friday, or do you well, need a few days to? Leads me into the weekend. Weekends are weekends. <laughs> weekends are sacred, aren't they? Okay, so you'll start Tuesday because it's a long weekend. It's a long as weekend. Well. So Tuesday, then I jump on the flight Wednesday night. So I might get one running. <laughs> But look, it's exactly the same as Dubai, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, oh, that's Madrid. Madrid, you had one run. Yeah, Madrid was probably where my. So uh, that's the sort of level we're going to yeah, see Beaver at. I'm going to have to dive back into Madrid um, preparation and just uh, somehow survive playing people who are well more prepared than I am going to be. Fascinating. So there's going to be stars at this tournament. Uh, more up and comers. Like our team's full of these guys so who are in young academies and, and Sharks Academy. And oh, this well, Beaver, you'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be absolutely fine, won't you? Uh, and there's more people on the park. There is less more people space. on the park. Less space. Uh, less running. I mean, you'd I, think. I don't know if my team knows, but I've actually messaged um, a few of my great South African mates and said, "Hey, go be in Cape Town." Um, and a few of them are like, "Oh yeah, we'll come down for the weekend." Um, oh no, I can't. I can't. You're not even, seeing the field on day two. Okay, How yeah, long is well, this tournament? Exactly, it's two, day. two Fr- days. Friday, Saturday. Um, oh no. Yeah. So we'll see how we go. Oh, those old establishments. What did you call them? The ones you've told us about from your days with the Chiefs? Yeah, those ones that are sitting right on the beach? Ah, uh, yes, out in Camps Bay, yes. Yeah, I, I, I actually forgot about Camps Bay. I might have to drift out to Camps Bay. Wow. Mm. Well, if you're in South Africa uh, in the next fortnight, <laughs> look out Cape Town. Uh, but all the very best, Steve. We'll follow your journey over the next <laughs> week and a half and make sure that you actually make it on the plate. I'm sure you will, but you may not make it off it uh, if you're past. Uh, aeroplane experiences are anything to go by. Coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, it is the Oscars today. So we're doing a little bit of an Oscar award show, an Oscar, a sporting Oscar awards show of our own. We'll tell you a little bit more about that soon. The not-so-hot topic of the day, plus we catch up with Paul Mawati from the TAB. After 5 o'clock, we're going to get a black cap on straight out of India. We're doing our sporting Oscars after 5 o'clock as well, and we catch up with the organiser of the Revenue which must be New Zealand's hardest adventure race, Scott Worthington. Uh, it's been compared to climbing Mount Everest twice. Yes, all that in just a couple of days. After six o'clock, we cross the ditch, uh, catch up with Professor and Barney. Our other two boys aren't quite back from holiday yet, but the Professor and Barney are always great to chat to. And drive to survive. We've jackpotted three days straight now. We want to give it away. It's at $150 TAB bonus bet voucher. So listen out around 6.30 for that TAB bonus bet voucher. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. This is The Run Home on SENZ. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Today we want to hear your first day on the job stories. Uh, this is an ode of sorts to Chris Hipkins, the incoming Prime Minister. Day one on the job for him today. Imagine what he's experiencing. And you've sent in your first day on the job stories too. Ken said... First day on the job as a concrete cutter with a 20-inch blade at Auckland Hospital, cutting a balcony off the fourth floor, and we jumped from the crane to that no harness. And these days, scary, as I was only 17. Wowzers. That wouldn't be allowed these days, would it, Ken? No. Sounds like a health and safety issue. Yeah. Sounds like when you see you go over when you go overseas, you see people in situations where you're like, "Geez, New Zealand, that, New Zealand, Austria wouldn't allow happen. that." You mean like Thailand and? Oh, even Japan. People are up on scaffold. We're well, not in scaffolding, like bamboo. That's Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yes. All the scaffolding is like bamboo sticks, eh? And you're like, "Where's that safe?" Yeah. Window cleaners always have a heart attack when you see a window cleaner and think, "Good luck with that." 
Uh, this one's from Brian. His first day on the job was on a farm shepherding. He was mustering some sheep out of a paddock, hopped off his four-wheeler, forgot to put a handbrake on, came back to find it had trundled 200 metres down the hill and was bobbing in the middle of a pond. I wonder what the owner of the... Um, the four-wheeler the f- and four-wheeler, the farm. The farm, it would've been, that would have been the same person. What they would have thought, because as a young fella, you're always intimidated when you're in those sorts of jobs of the of the gruff big boss or yes. farmer or... It's like when you used to hay as a 15-year-old and yeah, even the farmers used to like terrify you. So I was, oh, geez, I hope I'm doing this right now. And were you? Of course. <laughs> Chances are you weren't and that's why the they great, were terrifying you. One of the you. great stackers. One of the great stackers. Yeah, you did a, did a few jobs, didn't you? The trolley pusher, the hay baling, fence building. Yes, uh, plumbing. Oh, plumbing. You're a plumber too. This is all before 19. Yeah. Impressive. Busy. You had more jobs between age 9 and 19 than... 19 and 40. And now it's kicked. <laughs> With all the jokes aside, I'm not yet 40, thanks, Kirst. Um, wow. Okay, it's clearly a bit sensitive. It's I mean, I'm knocking on the door. Yes. Yeah, I'm getting close. Uh, Phil, first day at the ripe age of 16, walking around the wool scow? What's that? No, carry on. I'm not wool, sure. Wool store, maybe? I asked the supervisor, what's in that drum? And he said, dip your finger in it, young fella. Ended up being peroxide. I had to walk around for the next week with a bright white finger up to the second knuckle. Cheers, jumping Jack Flash. That is exactly what you're talking about, right? These older statesmen that have been around for a long time, the supervisors or the bosses that are there to just stitch you up and that are intimidating, but you do as you're told, don't you? So <laughs> Phil did as he was told, dipped his finger in the peroxide. Interesting looking finger for a while too. Thanks so much for sharing that one. Phil, if you've got a story to share with us, 0800 150 811 is the number to call. Uh, all thanks to Makita, Rule the Outdoors Plus. You can be in to win a $250 Makita New Zealand voucher, your first day on the job stories. Here on The Run Home, we're talking first day on the job stories. Uh, maybe it wasn't your first day. Maybe you were the supervisor, just like Jimmy. He's got a great story to tell, Beef. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, Jimmy's been scaffolding for 18 years and had at least half a dozen young fellas start and take off at Smoko, never to return. The old, I'm just going to the shop and never return. Young fellas, eh? Hard, oh, it, hard, is it? Hard work, the scaffolding. I'm not going to lie, but I've done that before on a job. Lasted until lunchtime and then gone home. Scaffolding? Not scaffolding. I guess I guess the fact is you're only giving up a quarter, like a quarter of a day, maybe half a day's of your life to work out, I'm not going to get paid for this, I'm just going to go. You don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. It's not me. Yeah. What, was, look, your, what was the job you um, <laughs> Kiwi fruit, like in the kiwi fruit factory. It was just before I was going to America. I just finished high school and I had like two months to fill and I wanted to save money. And they used to get like 25 bucks an hour or something. Yes. This is in 2009. And so I was like, oh, oh well, this is way better than my hospitality salary that I'm earning right now. Why wouldn't I? It was the hardest job. You were sitting, standing over a conveyor belt, just grading. watching kiwi, yeah, grading kiwi fruit, watching them go round and round on this conveyor belt. It was the most awful two hours of my life. Uh, made it to morning tea, and then I went home, and Dad's like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I got paid for those two hours. 50 bucks. Disappointed on you. thought you would have stuck it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I do not have what it takes to be a factory worker. I learned that day. And that's when I knew I had to do something. Even at that sort of level, cash? Nah, it was so... Honestly, it was like your head was spinning. You know, like the poker machines, how you're just constantly seeing the 
uh, different leaders spinning around. That's what it was like, just over and over watching these kiwi fruit. Jeez, with the amount of money you're talking, though, geez, you could have put some good bets down at the TAB. I could have. Should have mm. taken it all to the casino. Uh, but joining us now is Paul Mawati from the TAB. Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paul, we're talking first day at work stories before we get into the TAB. Chris Hipkins, first day on the job as Prime Minister. Have you got any stories about your first days? Um, not here, but uh, a few years ago... Um over the holiday period, we shifted offices. And so first day back, I drove to the old office where nobody was. Um, Did anyone tell and, you? <laughs> no, and then I turned up to the uh, new office and I went, oh, traffic, terrible. Uh, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Easy mistake. Easy mistake yes, to do. exactly. How are you going, Paul? Great to have you back on. Yeah, great to hear you too as well. Uh, although I've, I have talked to Beaver uh, over the last week or so, but, yes. um, at a different time of the day, uh, he returns to his natural slot. How does he sound at that time in the morning normally? Is he alive or is he still oh, waking up? I'm not sure he's a morning person myself. <laughs> I don't know. Come on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, it may, may have been the foot. He had a few yeah. foot problems. <laughs> had, a, had a few issues uh, over the times. But, uh, mate, what's, uh, where's all the money going at the moment? This Aussie Open, that must be attracting plenty of interest. Yeah, sure is. Um, we've already seen uh, earlier today um, Plishkova get knocked out in the quarterfinals. Um, and currently, uh, Sabalenka is up a set uh, and a break against uh, Vekic. So it looks like Sabalenka, uh, unless something terrible go uh, happens in the next half an hour or so, will be meeting Lynette in one semi-final. Uh, and, of course, we know the other semi-final is already uh, between uh, Rebekina and Victoria Azarenka. Uh, later on tonight, we've got the two men's quarterfinals remaining. Mm. Um, ben Shelton... Uh, up against his American compatriot, and then Andre Rublev takes on Novak Djokovic. Djokovic has been very well backed and is a very, very short favourite to uh, win the Australian Open title outright. I got uh, Azarenka last night during the show at 14s. I see she's now under 450, mate, so it's, uh, it's, I'm pretty happy where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, yeah, you should be very, very happy. Yeah, I, I had a look yesterday. I think she was around the $11 mark, so she must have drifted out a wee bit yesterday. Um, but, yep, she upset uh, and is through to the semi-final. I'm just looking uh, for their odds right now. And where are we? Where are we? There's those two. Ah, there we are. Alina Rebekina, $1.44 favourite, up against Victoria Azarenka at $2.70. But Azarenka, she looked very, very mm. focused. Uh, yesterday, those those eyes were um, <laughs> they were bulging out of her scalp. She was she's, but we, when you see a player like that just zoned in, you think uh, we're definitely in with a chance here. So yep, you're on the right side of the ledger there, Beaver with Victoria Azarenka, even though she is a two dollar seventy outsider in her semi final. And as far as obviously all the money for it to win the means must be on Djokovic, but Sitsipas must be for those. Wanting a bit of a speculator, he must be attracting attention. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, a wee bit of attention. But yeah. um, you were right uh, in the with your first sort of sentence when you said that most of the attention is on 
uh, Novak Djokovic. Uh, he has been very, very well backed uh, and is a number of uh, multis. So there are a few multis finishing on Djokovic. Um, so plenty of punters still very, very keen to see him pick up what must be his 165th Australian Open title. He just <laughs> turns up for fun there. <laughs> that is true. Thank you so much, Paulie. Great to chat to you today. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You Thanks, too. Mate. Have a good day. Paul Mawati there from the TAB. Watch and bet live in your favourite sports and racing at the tab.co.nz. Do gamble responsibly. It is R18. Plenty to think about when it comes to the Australian Open tonight. Uh, yeah, Novak Djokovic is back on the court against Rublev. No competition there, Beav? You wouldn't think so. But you also feel if Djokovic is not going to win it, he's going to lose it before the final. You think if he makes the final... It's, hey, it's, a, it's a it's job in the bag. I didn't realise um, the animosity he had towards um, the Australian, and this will be a pronunciation, absolute shambles, but they call him the demon. Uh, demon hour. Demon hour. Because he came out last year and said, oh, you know, if you're not going to be vaccination, then we don't want you in Australia. Well, geez, he held on to it. And uh, he made comment about it in the press conference too. And, uh yeah, just a, just a little bit of a sharp edge to uh, some of the things he said, and uh, it probably explains why it was the most brutal uh, and <laughs> demolition why he said, job. Because I wanted to. Yes. Because he hasn't forgotten, has yeah. he? And because that Australian uh, Demino, he always performs well in the majors. He's uh, he's a good value bet to get for a fair few rounds of, of most of the majors. So I actually thought he might trouble him a little bit, but jeepers. You're as a rank at 14 bucks. Man, that's good money. Yeah, I don't know. I can't what believe he... she was paying that much yesterday. It was just yesterday. That's crazy. Yeah. She was always going to beat that woman yesterday, wasn't she? She did a job on her. I've got a little bit of hope, to be fair. So fingers crossed. Well, uh, you've got all you need to know from the TAB for today. What about first days on the job? Have you ever turned up to a job and been absolutely stitched up by someone before? Uh, has a boss or a supervisor just had the what over you and made you do something absolutely stupid because they can? Uh, have you got any horror stories that you'd like to share with us? We'd love to hear from you on double eight double three on the temporary bedpost text line or 0800 150 811. When we come back, we are talking the not-so-hot topic of the day. We'll have the text machine now, and there are more first day on the job stories. If you've got one to share with us, double eight double three is the number. This is all because today is the Right Honourable Prime Minister of New Zealand, Chris Hipkins' first day on the job. So, what was yours like? Do you have a story to share with us? We've got a couple that have been texted in, Beef. Yeah, a couple of beauties. Um... This one, um, this one I can say his name. It's from Keith. Don't get confused. Uh, yes. First day as an apprentice printer was sent for a brand new unused copy holder. A copy holder turned out to be ladies who read the original copy while another checked the typesetting. You can imagine the reaction. Thank you, Keith. He was set up. Uh, an absolute set up. That's, um, that's gold. I'll let you read the next one. Yeah, the next one. From an unnamed, Yes, unnamed source, this one. Had a boss a few years ago who was such a psycho, he was referred to as Anders after Anders Brevik, the Norwegian, you know, if you don't know. Mm. I'm not going to say the words, am I? Are you not? Oh, he was a killer. He was a killer. He was a bad man. He was a bad man. That's what I should say. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, there's always bosses like that out there, isn't there? Yeah. You just don't want to work for them. So no. hopefully you didn't stick around that job too long, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, would have been would have been quite scary. Mm, that's not the kind of job. 
That's not the kind of job. Uh, I'm surprised we're still here with Jacob looking over us like he does. What? What? <laughs> How long do you think the Prime Minister's days are? Like, will he have a long day today? You know when you're it's your first day in the office and you want to prove yourself? So yes. you end up staying for like... 24 hours that day because that, you just you want to be the last to leave. You want to make it look like you're the hardest worker. How long is Chris Hipkins' day today? What does he do today to impress everyone, to to make everyone go, oh, yeah, here's the guy? Well, you want to be, you, yeah, you, as a leader, you mm. want to be the first there and last to leave. Yep. Uh, you never ask people to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself. Oh, so, you sound like a coach, babe. Yeah. <laughs> the other option is you get your, your, your caucus, uh, you get all the crew together. Oh, you take them out. Take them out of the booze, don't you? You reckon he's doing that tonight? I reckon he might He's be. going to the back benches <laughs> with a screw. Well, that, that must be the funny thing, though, when you get thrust into being Prime Minister because um, doesn't all of a sudden you get this big security outfit that just follow you around? Um, you do. Jacinda's was quite scary. Like, hers looked like there was one guy in particular that looked like he was straight out of the SAS. Like, mm. he looked like that Norwegian bad man. Like, that. he would mess you up. I actually did a, did a wee fishing promo trip with um, Clark during Jacinda's time. Mm. And he he came and stayed a couple of nights with us and that. And, uh, like, he, you, and he ordinarily would have would have had um, would have had security, but managed to ditch them for that. In a radio station I used to work at before here, we had a prop that was made to look like a brick of um, uh, white powder. And in fact, it was. It was baking soda. And that was sitting on the desk when Jacinda came in for an interview one day. Her, her um, homies had to come through and, like, sweep the place. <laughs> and they went through and this guy picked this brick up and looked at me, raised his eyebrows, put it down, and then walked back out again. And they just left it there. It was just sitting in front of it. So, I don't know. If you, if Chris Hopkins likes to party, there, there's plenty of opportunities available. The only thing about the, being the New Zealand... Uh, Prime Minister, unlike a, you know the Australian one and the American one, is you don't instantly get a new mansion, do you? Yeah, you've got the ha- you've you got get the house in Wellington. House. Oh, yeah. in Wellington. Yeah, you've got the house in Wellington. Mm, Where would you okay. want it? Waiheke. <laughs> well, like for example, the Australian. You want the White House, don't you? Well, you want the White House. <laughs> That's or, what you're talking or about. Or the, the Australian fella, he gets that big one just underneath the Harbour Bridge yes. in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, in Carabilly. Yeah, beautiful. The President's house in Carabilly. The Sydney Opera House. Right next yeah. to George Gregan's. Yeah, it's George Gregan over there. Fantastic. I'd have, you'd have your boat parked out on the jetty. Yeah, uh, and you can just skip across. Skip across, go for a quick fish. Yeah, I just feel a bit. I mean, Wellington, Imagine if Beef was our Prime Minister. He'd still be going out, catching white bait. You wouldn't be able to get in contact with him for three days. Parliament would never be on time. <laughs> well, I, I'd, when I was there, I'd work out and I'd expect people to work with me. But he wouldn't know how to do his printing or... Oh. They only do three-day weeks, don't they? <laughs> no, they're only, in, they're only in Wellington working in the beehive for three days. I, I'm pretty sure the Prime Minister works seven days a week. She okay. hasn't had a day off we'd in about in, seven years. We'd be in trouble if they used uh, swipe cards. <laughs> uh, Passwords on the computer. Google Docs or more than Emails. one group chat. <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what my security hire would be for. Um, oh. security. Can you check my emails then, Kyle? <laughs> Anything important? That's what um, that security team's for. And I'd really like, I've always I've always said like if you ended up being in a position where you know money was no issue or or you became the prime minister of New Zealand I'd really like a cook. 
Do you what? think the Prime Minister has a cook? I wouldn't have thought so. What, Surely. what kind of things well, do you got think are the perks security, of being Prime Minister? Yes, yeah, so they've got the driver, they've got the security. Must have a PA of sorts. You'd think so. What What else? Does she have a makeup artist? Does she? You know what I mean? What perks oh. come Does with the job Chris of being Does Chris Hipkins a... get to use the makeup artist? <laughs> yeah, maybe not makeup artist. I'd like well, a what, are chef, things, what are the things yeah. they get? Do they get a chef? I'd like a President cook. Obama would have had a chef. 100%. Without a doubt. Chef of the White House. He probably had about 10 chefs. Yep. You wouldn't so be wearing, does the royal family. They'd be doing their, they wouldn't be doing the gardens. All their own laundry, you'd presume. No. They wouldn't have time. If I had In fact, <laughs> they wear a different outfit every day, don't they? They never use the same outfit. No, nah, the blokes use the exact same suit every single day and never get called out for it. But bloody Jacinda wears the same pair of shoes. There's a staff article, isn't there? <laughs> That's true. I was reading something that they reckon Jacinda will be the first Prime Minister of New Zealand that becomes the next Prime Minister that still has to have the full security. Does John Key not? Nah, they reckon... Keezy just runs around playing golf, no issue. Yeah, you got off to his holiday home in Hawaii, remember? Yeah. He was over there in summer. Very relaxed uh, I mean, to, as a case in point, I texted him yesterday asking him if he'd come on the show. He said, sorry, mate, I'm in the States. So that's how relaxed he is. You see, my, so he doesn't travel with I us. I would have my security answering those texts, Manaya. So I actually wouldn't have responded to you myself. Yeah, well, yeah. Winston Peters didn't, so. <laughs> yeah. That's that. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm more like Winnie. Don't yeah, know. I think yeah. <laughs> he would have got all those perks when he was prime minister too, presumably. What do you ever? Security team. Does he have the same one as Jacinda, or he had a fish, his own? He had a fishing jetty. Remember, he was fishing during a lockdown, quite controversially. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. The- Look, we've been getting into a little bit of politics, um, more for enjoyment and fun factor, because we're all curious about uh, what the Prime Minister perks are, what the first day of the job is like for our new Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins. And we've got a story that's coming about uh, the Japanese political system. This is political, isn't it? Or is it not? Is it like the royals? More like the royals in Japan, Mm. the emperor. Uh, So Brian obviously spends some time in Japan, had a run-in with the security of the Japanese emperor's son. He used to visit the park where I worked in Tochiji Prefecture. Apparently, I was a dodgy-looking gaijin. Once they realised I worked there, it was okay. They were menacing little dudes. There you go. Yeah, so gaijin obviously means foreigner in, um, in, J- in Japanese language. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you got your prime minister who, um, well, a year or two ago, was he got assassinated. Um, prime minister Arby's son. Um, but yeah, then you got the emperor's family, and they've got these Who wonderful. Sits above? Is it like the royal family? They actually like royal, sit, and they've got their like this massive big estate in the middle of Tokyo that has this like moat around it that a can't be touched, it, yeah. and it's literally, I swear, it goes from one street to the next, and it's like a kilometre wrong but, along. It's amazing, immaculate. You, but you can ride little dinghies around the outside of the wall. I've done that. Have you? One very hot summer's day over there. <laughs> That's what I used to do for fun. It was that in Netflix. It was entertaining. <laughs> Entertain the wife, actually, when she was over. Great story. Thank you for that, Brian. If you've got any more first day at work stories that you want to share with us, since it is Mr. Hipkins, double eight, double three. This is The Run Home on ECNZ. It is just after five o'clock. Great to have you joining us today. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. We've been talking first day on the job story since it is the Prime Minister, not just Minister anymore, the Prime Minister Chris Hipkins' first day on the job. Michael said Premier House, which is the house where the Prime Minister lives in Wellington, is in Thorndon, just 12 minutes walk from his place. Beautiful. Thorndon, where's that in Wellington? Very close to the city, just past the cake tin. Five minute walk, isn't it? 
Well, on the um, on the old uh, where all the um, containers sit, has he got a house sitting amongst them? Surely not. Thorndon's mm. around there somewhere. Is it? Overlooks it. Beautiful. Mm. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to this next part, Yes. Yeah, okay, well, we'll get into it, shall we? Because we're going to do our very own sporting Oscars today, and that is because the Oscars are about to be named. If you take a look at the little list here, just want to talk about their nominations first, babe. Best picture. Uh, tell me which movies you have seen. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Banshees of Insurin, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, or Woman Talking? Uh, of this year's uh, nominations, uh, Top Gun Maverick is the one and only I've seen, so for me, obvious one. It gets your vote? Yeah, obvious one. Top winner. Gun Maverick, what a movie. Uh, remember Jeff Wilson's favourite movie? He was Maverick, wasn't he? Oh, he certainly was. He certainly was. Um, yeah, look... Avatar straight away. I know that's it's a three-hour movie. Three hours, so you lose me straight away. Yeah, me too. But it's also so it's 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 animated yes. and it is three D. It Lost is me. it's it's incredible for what it is, but it is a very long movie. And the only reason why we went to it is because it was raining, raining. for about ten days straight. Yeah, a lot of my a uh, lot of my road and. Uh, the Coromandel, they were off all on the same day to go watch Avatar, um, but yeah. I think every movie up and down the country we must have uh, made records for Avatar <laughs> coming out the same week that the cyclone and typhoon was coming in from the Pacific. <laughs> Great timing. It was perfect timing for, for the moviegoers, but this this has uh, inspired us to do our own sporting Oscars for 2023. Now for us it is a prediction of how the year will look. So if you've got a great sporting prediction for 2023, please let us know and we'll see where we can fit it in. Sporting predictions, what do you think is going to happen this year? We're talking comedy of the year, the horror story, the fairy tale, the action adventure story of the year, the best moments, the best directors or coaches, the best players or actors or actresses. We want to hear from you when it comes to this. So get your thinking caps on. Give us some bold predictions for 2023. What do you think is going to happen? And we'll refer back to this list uh, in the future, later on this year, aka 2023. Coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, we are doing our sporting Oscars. We've got Sam Worthington coming on the programme. He's the organiser of The Revenant, which is the adventure race that just four people have finished in the past four years. It is extremely tough. We find out why. We cross the ditch with Professor and Barney. They're in for Joel and Fletch after six o'clock. And we've got a $150 TAB bonus bet voucher up for grabs when we play Drive to Survive. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Well, when it comes to awards show beef, uh, the sporting Oscars for 2023 right here on the run home. Where else do we start but with a light-hearted giggle? Maybe the comedy of the year. Uh, very light-hearted indeed. It's actually the winner of this year's uh, Oscar is actually a little bit of dark humour um, because the plot essentially is based around the All Blacks coaching appointment. It thickens. It thickens because... Where it gets a little bit dark on it is we told you it was going to be in February the announcement. Well, the comedy of all of us is... You know It'll happen you, in 2024. You're not actually going to find out until December. I hate to spoil the ending for you, but that is your Oscar winner for this year's Comedy of the Year. Unless you've got a better one.
That sounds like a fantastic watch to me. Uh, we're all going to be watching closely across 2023, aren't we, at the comedy of the year. Uh, what about our great prediction, our action-adventure story of the year in 2023? Well, if your heart's not yours or you're thinking of getting a pacemaker, I can't have you watching this. But for all you die-on-the-wall Warriors fans, and I'm talking to you, Manaya. The one New Zealand Warriors whose partnership with SCNZ gives us exclusive coverage will make the eight. And when I say you've got to check your dicky heart, you're going to have all the highs and lows of the 60-point of the loss to the Tigers and then you're going to beat the defending champions, the Panthers. But even better still, you're going to make the eight in the final round. It's the only way the Warriors could ever make V8, isn't it? I mean, the final round. Yeah, the final round. Now, Holding on for dear life. By all accounts, this is our year um, in 2023. We just had uh, Cam George and Andrew McFadden in here last... You don't want an easy ride, do you, though? You, no. want it to, you want it to take you up and down the country across the Tasman. You want it to make you think that your season's slipping yeah. away before you grab hold of it again. This is why we follow the Warriors, you know, people always complain about the Warriors being up and down and inconsistent, well we've got the All Blacks, well we had the All Blacks up until recently for that, and if you're a Cantabrian you, you know what I'm talking about, about how boring winning can get um, <laughs> so the Warriors uh, up and down season, but culminating in making the 8 in the last round, I can't see this season going any other way and if they're in the 8 beef they're as good a chance as anyone, aren't they? <laughs> and that's why this adventure story doesn't have an ending. <laughs> well, it gets even better for our One Warriors. Our next award and our sporting Oscars for 2023 right here on The Run Home is for the fairy tale of the year. I'm going to need a few of you to pull over. Because I can't have you guys causing an accident at Give 10 past minute. 5. Give them a minute. Okay, you're, you're sitting down, people, or you've pulled over. The Warriors, we're staying with the Warriors, the fairy tale of the year Oscar award goes to the Warriors. And wait, they beat Melbourne. Hold on, hold on, careful now, folks. <laughs> they beat Melbourne on Anzac Day. This one's great because every year everybody goes, particularly on this radio station, would get on and say, well, traditionally the Warriors win this one, don't they? But traditionally they do not win this one. No. Uh, usually it resembles a 2020 scoreline as yeah. opposed to a rugby league game. So fairy tales, they happen this year. They come true for the Warriors in 2023. There's going to be a year for them to do it. This is it. This is the year. They've got the coach. They've got the coach. Brandon Smith's gone from the Melbourne Storm. They're, they've lost a few people. They've got the best recruitment man there is. Great CEO. Fantastic. And they've got an even better broadcast partner now. Mm. You don't get better than this. And that is why the Warriors are the fairy tale story of 2023. Well, we move on to our next award in our Sporting Oscars on the run home. And this one is for the best moment. And I transport you all the way to October. And boy, it's a plot that is thick. And it's a plot that may, may not agree with all of you. But the best moment this year at the Oscars goes to none other than Samuel Kane. In Paris, standing on a podium, lifting the William Webb Ellis, late October. 
Sounds like to me he gets the last laugh. <laughs> Sam Kane. Some think he won't be there. Some think he won't be there at all. Some think he won't be there as captain and that maybe someone else will take the mantle. But for 2023, these Oscars don't lie. Sam Kane will be standing on top of the podium at Stade de France in front of 90,000 screaming Parisians because it will be the All Blacks in France in the final. As so often the case, the opening round game also becomes the final. Uh, it's a little bit like a stat like the Warriors do good on uh, Anzac Day, but um, <laughs> mark my word, that'll be the final. Yes, Beaver is gazing into a crystal ball here for our Sporting Oscars for 2023. Before we go to the next half of our awards, I just want to go back to the top. The comedy of the, of the year, the All Blacks coaching appointment. Genuinely, who do we think will have their hand in the ring for this or their, their hat amongst, what is it, the cat amongst the pigeons? Who will be up for this? We obviously know that Razor wants to be part of it. Who other, what other teams is this going to play around, this, this movie this picture that we're watching over the course of the next year. Well, the plot will have the incumbent um, in Foster, and I don't know if he'll be seen as the villain or the guy that everyone's cheering for. It'll be an interesting one. Um, depends how you want to script it. In many eyes, he'll be the villain. It's up to the director, it's I believe, is uh, Stephen Spielberg Donald. Um, I thought it was Mark Robinson. Um, and, and then you've got Razor, clearly will be... Uh, one of those cats uh, with the pigeons. Um, and then I'll throw a cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, is the Japanese coaching panel in consideration? Well, they were last time. They were last time, and then they pulled the pin late. So John Mitchell. Well, John Mitchell, <laughs> I was Jamie Joe and Tony Brown. Look, the three of them have got a pretty... It's a powerful little house all of a sudden. Can we throw another uh, cat amongst the pigeons? Mm. Former Wallabies coach. I say former. Michael Checker. No. Oh. Your old man. Your old coach. <laughs> Dave Rennie. Dave Rennie. I'd like to see it. Who would he really link up with? That's the thing. Does he apply for Give us for the him? plot. Give us the plot, Beef. Have you had that phone call, Beaver? <laughs> no, no, funny enough. So, Beaver, you're enjoying that radio gig, or would <laughs> or you like to come look, and be the assistant coach? Look, it's happened before with Baz, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, look, we create coaches on this radio station. That's right. And if it's the comedy of the year, then you really need some laugh out loud <laughs> humour. And so Dave Rennie will put his name forward, and Stephen Donald will be an assistant. And Beaver will never <laughs> answer our phone calls. <laughs> Unless you corner me like we tried to do at Ian Foster in the hallways yeah. of this place. Well, I was going to say, whatever happens, we'll be the first to tell you about it. We were the first to see uh, Razor when he came in here for his negotiations. We'll see B walk straight past our office. He's not coming in for our three o'clock meeting. I'm on the back door. Well, I thought that when you came in today. I was like, we can't be here to do the show. Um, am I missing any uh, characters? Coaching candidates. Mm. In this plot. In this plot. The plot that thickens. Mm. Does anyone else come up? Leon McDonald, Joe Schmidt. Ooh, Joe Schmidt. Joe Schmidt will feature. What is he? What is character he? will he play? Well, there's a bit of a kingmaker in this one. Oh, is he Winston? Is he a supporting actor? He's a supporting best, actor. Best but, supporting actor but does the supporting actor all of a sudden want his time in the, in the lights? You can only support lights. for so long, can't you? Yeah. He is wants this, to be on the billboard. Is this a Matt Damon, Ben Affleck situation? <laughs> well, yeah, well. Matt wants to step out of the shadow. 
Oh, this mm. is the story. This is the comedy of the year. We're talking about the All Blacks coaching appointment. We want to get your feedback on these awards. If you've got some predictions, if you think, no, we're wrong in one of these categories, let us know on double eight double three on the Temper and Bed Post text line or 0800 We've had a message, almost <laughs> pissed myself with laughter. The Warriors are a bit of a joke, apparently. Love betting against them. Glenn. Well, they're not our... Our comedy of the year. They are our adventure story and the fairy tale <laughs> for 2023. We'll be back with more right after this. Thank you very much for joining us here today for our Sporting Oscars on the run home for 2023. Our great predictions, our great sporting predictions for 2023. We want to hear from you as well what your sporting predictions are and how they would fit into an Oscar award show. What sort of movie have you got playing out here? We've already named our comedy of the year, our action adventure story, which some poked fun at, the One New Zealand Warriors making it to the top eight in the final round and beating Melbourne in Melbourne on Anzac Day. We move on to our next award in the Sporting Oscars, Beeve. It is the Director of the Year. This is our Steven Spielberg moment. Well, who else could it be? He's going to be the lead of the Comedy of the Year. And he's going to be part of the best moment of the year indirectly with the All Blacks winning the World Cup. But he's actually not going to get his hands on the key or keys on the hand, so to speak. The director of the year is Scott Robinson. Well, he's going to win Super Rugby again, isn't he? Yes. He should have. The seventh year in a row I've lost count. It's just like Novak Djokovic in the Australian Open. I don't know. Loses count. So you're saying he's going to be the coach of the All Blacks, Beaver? Is that what you're saying? If I was going to clip this out and send it across the stuff. <sighs> it's happening in February. We've seen how many times he's been in this office. He walked in on a public holiday. Walked in on a public holiday. All the big jobs are gone. I don't know. You just join dots, don't you? And to be honest with you, and this is stepping outside the Oscars for just two seconds, I almost feel it could be the best thing for the All Blacks and Ian Foster if they do come out and announce Razor as the all-back coach going forward. Pressure's off, isn't it? Pressure's off. It's a bit of a free hit for him. You get anything, any success he gets at the end of the year is a, is a bonus. And People start looking ahead. And it could be the biggest bonus of all if you walk away as a world champion and also you're getting sacked at the same time. We're going to look back <laughs> at this and think we're absolute geniuses or yeah. it was total rubbish. Mm. <sighs> The history the of the, well, the history of the run home just screams geniuses. So I'd be absolutely staggered. <laughs> the history of the run home. It tells us that we could do this for fifty-two years, and we might hit it once. A little bit like a beaver's best on yeah, a Friday. Similar. Mm. Look, we're back. We're back for the new year with high hopes for this Friday. We move on to our sixth award in our sporting Oscars. This one. This this is a big award. This is the award that everyone wants. You want your name on this trophy. Well, yes, it is. And there was a couple of candidates this year. Uh, one was the unbelievable late-blossoming career of Michael Bracewell. You want who, to announce the, the category? Oh, sorry. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the award for leading actor. Best 
best male leading actor. And as I said, this was a tight run thing because Michael Bracewell went out and had 52 off 22 to lead the Black Caps to victory in the ODI World Cup final against India in India. So he was tough to beat. But what actually happened is Geordie Barrett went out and kicked seven from seven at Stade de France in Parry and led the All Blacks to have the ability to have that wonderful moment that Sam Kane picked up best moment for at those Oscars. Well, this is what normally happens. If you look at the nominees uh, for the Oscars uh, that we have in front of us, so many of the movies, the supporting actors, the directors all come from the same movie. Mm. They all come from the same script. Success breeds success. That's right. We move on. Geordie Barrett has been named Best Actor in a Leading Role. Next up, Best Actress in a Leading Role. I need to sit down again, people, because this is not going to be what you expect. Again, Lisa Carrington has a wonderful year, and no surprises there. But, no, your leading actress pinnacle this year of 2023 didn't actually involve the sports field. It did involve a sportswoman of super fame in this country. But your Oscar winner for 2023 is Ruby Tui because after taking the Black Ferns to glory the previous year at Eden Park, she then takes your country to glory and wins September's election and becomes your third female Prime Minister. You're picking... That Ruby Tui is becoming our Prime Minister. Look, not a bad shout if you've seen everything that has been doing the rounds on social media. She, of course, went to the Prime Minister's office late last year when the Blackfins were celebrating mm. that victory. Why was she there? She was getting to know <laughs> the phone system. She's been hanging out with Chloe Swarbrick a lot mm. from the Green Party. Uh, it would not surprise me if she ran in the election. When do you find out about electoral elect? Electoral candidates? Hmm. Don't look at me. <laughs> she got for a late <laughs> a couple run. Couple of months, I'd imagine. I've, I was just saying off here before the show. Like, I don't know many people who over the summer didn't read her book. I feel like you know the story today was she's weighing up her options, what she's going to do. I feel like she probably made a pretty penny off the book. I know I bought it for a couple of people, and it didn't last a week before everyone had read it. But very interesting that you think that she might make a switch into. Uh, Politics. She's very popular in New Zealand at the moment. She is now. If, if she was ever going to have an impact and uh, make some changes, as politicians often want to do, now is the time for Ruby Toy. On a complete side issue, but not completely away from Ruby, <laughs> I know one of my mates here has a lot of money, so she doesn't need it. But have you ever thought that you should invoice Ruby Toy for making her superstardom with that whole leading into a song at Eden Park? I've thought about it. I think you should. You got I, can I get the rights for that? Are you gutted that the book was out before that moment? I wouldn't have made the book, would oh, it? Oh, that would have made the book. I would have made the book. Would have made the book. That would have mm. made it in. It's made her millions. Would have made it. <laughs> would have made an NFT out of it at least. Like it may make her a prime minister of New Zealand or politician one day. Maybe, but that is why Ruby Tui will be your leading actress, your leading lady for twenty twenty three. Our eighth and final sporting Oscar. On the run home for 2023. This one, this one is a is a nice story. This is the story. It's a bit of a tearjerker. It takes you on twists and turns, B, but you want to watch this movie. It is for 
the comeback of the year. This movie had me in absolute tears four months ago. One of the icons of Better the modern than the kick. one of the icons of the modern era of our Black Caps team was told, "Don't come Monday." Well, after some indifferent form from the Black Caps, and I've told you that a supporting actor who had a hell of a year was Michael Bracewell with his 50-odd in the World Cup final against India. Well, we were only in position for that finishing act by Bracewell because none other than Don't Come Monday, Come Back Tuesday, Martin Guptill scores 100 in the World Cup final in India to propel these black caps. That is the name of the movie, Don't Come Monday. Will you be watching it when that is out in cinemas December 2023? This is The Run Home on SENZ, all thanks to Mick Delivery. Uh, Beaver, your adventure race experience, I I just can't imagine if you were dropped off in the middle of nowhere like Bear Grylls and given a compass, how you'd find your way out. Well, interesting you mentioned Bear Grylls because there's a bit of speculation that Bear Grylls might not be Bear Grylls. What do you mean? Well, I remember a few years ago there was a bit of... I don't know, shade cast on. Well, he has got TV cameras following him around, doesn't he? Yes. So he's not by himself. And and there's been many a story of when he was supposedly in the British SAS and all the rest of it of guys coming out and saying, well, I was there then. And never, I've never seen him. never seen this guy. Um, but the, we're not trying to slander people here. Um, that's, just, just that's just a story that's out there. Met Bear once. I was actually starstruck. Yes, you did. Um, but no, the, our adventure story, and I think I've told this before, um, Tangariro? The, yes. Yes, yes the crossing. The National Park. We got dropped off there. For, I think it was my first year in the Chiefs. And we were supposed to be there for two days. And we are supposed to do like sort of 12 to 15-hour days. Um, and it was essentially like you had all these points to get to and they had put – essentially they had almost put like the old orienteering markers in and around the thing. There was no time on it. They just said, get it done, and you are going in groups about five or six. Well, Who were you with? Who was in your group? Jeepers, I can't remember back that far. It was my very first year in the Chiefs, and I was I was fit as a fiddle, so it didn't really hold much fears for me. But the entire thing was over, what would you call it, like rock? That had, volcanic rock. Volcanic rock. Yeah. So lots of crevices and all the rest of it. And we went around and we'd probably been going like sort Did of- Did you have your tramp- tramping boots on? No, we were runners. <laughs> Some had champion boots, but it wasn't overly hard. It was just long. And we'd been doing it for probably now 16 hours, and no one had finished. And what had happened is one of the points of uh, reference that we had to go to, the the marker had actually slipped down the cracks. So guys are looking around going, I'm sh-, like they were starting to doubt themselves, going, oh, I'm sure this map says it should be about here. But we, we just couldn't find it. So then Fozzie and the management got word of this. So then we sort of... <laughs> almost got rescued and after so many hours out there over time and there was I don't think I'm exaggerating there was some broken individuals so I'm trying to find this marker yeah and then when they got us in the trucks there was like a third of the team I reckon who were literally mentally broken what time is this how long had you been out there for oh we were probably up to sort of 18 hours by the time we got on the trucks and well, it was only supposed to be a 10 or 12 hour day and then we were supposed to go out again the next day and do it uh, well, Fozzie pulled the pin on it. 
He said, uh, he looked at them and goes, I, I don't think we'll go again. It's doing more harm than good. More harm than good. So I think, uh, I don't know what we did the next day, but we might have just limped back to Hamilton. But, what was uh, it supposed to achieve? Is it mental toughness? Is it fitness? What What are those drills intended to achieve at a super rugby level? Uh, teamwork. Uh, who leads during those situations? Who, it, mental toughness, I think, is a part of it. Because... There was a few that Didn't have <laughs> probably it. failed. Um, but yeah, was, and that's why he pulled the pin? Ma- mainly around... <laughs> You'd learn a lot about people from doing something like that. Yes, and because I always thought it was a bit, you know, bit gibberish, you know, a bit hocus-pocus, those sorts of things. But and when you look back on it now, I think you definitely can learn a lot about individuals in that situation. You see, you've been hearing it all, all, all summer as far as these league teams. They're getting up at four o'clock in the morning and they're doing this and that all over the Pulling countryside. and all sorts. So, yeah, might be a bit, isn't it? Beaver was the one that was broken. No, he was not. Brett Phillips live from Melbourne Park. And if you have been tuning into the summer oh, run home, we cross to him at 5.30 every day. And it's, it's the highlight of our afternoon. He whispers sweet nothings courtside as we listen to the balls springing off the rackets and the grunting and the hissing and the squeaking of sneakers. Oh, it's magic. It is really, it's, it's, it's a highlight of the afternoon. Make sure you tune in. And also, Shawnee Omerod uh, will be on from Sportsbet. Now, hey, Barney, we've always wanted to do this. We've heard Joel and Fletch do this. Yeah. We're about to cross to Kirsty and Beaver over there at SENZ. How are you guys? You two are true professionals and you've both got away with words like no one else we've ever heard. It's, it's a true pleasure. It is. Wow. It is. They mentioned you Brett Phillips. Jeez, he's got a lovely voice. Oh, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. The Professor and Barney, you two are absolute legends over here. Are you, is, that a, is that true, Kirsty? Are you winding us up here? Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This, We've been looking forward to this all day. I mean, you said you look forward to your daily hits with Brett Phillips. We've yeah. been looking forward to crossing over with you two oh, all week. Goodness me. Hey, have you guys been on holidays? Have you? Is, is this your, what, Wednesday, your third day back? What have you been doing? Well, it is technically our third day back, but because we've had such an atrocious summer, um, I wanted to claw back some of my leave. So I'm actually... Can I'm you a- do that? Can you just pull your leave back and say, <laughs> look, guys, I'm coming back to work early. That's That'd the pull that be Beaver's good. got around here. Yeah, well, so I, I, actually, I actually worked breakfast last week to to get to keep some leave up my sleeve because, geez, we've had a rough rough summer here. Really bad weather over there. Yeah, we've been we've been getting hit by cyclones and all sorts, flooding. So uh, you don't want to waste your leave on that, do you? No, it's been absolutely He's, shocking. Do you get La Nina there? Is that your La Nina? Yeah, they call it something like that. What was El Nino? El Nino. Is it? Is that the one? Just El Nino's me. drought and La Nina's heaps of rain and cyclones and hurricanes. That's what mm. they're. Saying why our summer's been a bit of a stinker. Well, I feel like one half of the the country, the North Island's got the El Nina and the other half's got the La Nina. We've had <laughs> oh, a bit wow. of both going on in our, our country uh, of late. Uh, what have you guys been doing since filling in uh, the shoes of, of Joel and Fletch? How's it been? Well, it has been absolutely, uh, it's a lot of fun. Brooksy's usually, he's been sitting in with us for a bit, but this week uh, Gibbo has, well, he's engineered a mutiny. Um, is the only way I can really describe it. He's he said he's taken over, and uh, well, the flush button's getting a lot of uh, on the soundboard's yeah, getting a lot of work. He's big on the sound effects. Is, mm. is Gibbo's thing? Well, he's big on one sound effect, which is a toilet flush, <laughs> which we don't understand, guys. We don't get it. It's been a lot of fun though. Uh, we've been we've actually been pushing, and we'd like New Zealand to get behind this. We've been yeah. pushing for the Australian Open to move from Melbourne to Brisbane. Because I, I don't know what if you guys have noticed, but we've just been watching lots of rain on out, outdoor courts. Yeah. Yep. 
And Brisbane has been sunny and magic, 28 degrees every day. How do you, the Australian Open is so iconic. Melbourne, how can you move that event? They've got it all there, don't they? Well, here's the thing, right? They were calling for the Sydney test mm. to be moved to Melbourne because of our rain. So <laughs> <laughs> this is payback. We've got yeah. the next two weeks on air. Let's just basically give it to Melbourne as much as we can and see if we can get this thing moved to Brisbane. Hasn't happened yet, but we're hoping it will. Bring it now, to speak- New Zealand. We'd love to have the Australian Open over here for Ooh, a year. Oh, I like that. You're forgetting I what like happened. It. Yeah, You're aside from what the happened. rain that we've just had. Yeah. But it's good now. As long as you go mid-Jan, end of Jan, that's the best weather over here. Have you got? Have you guys got like? Have you got enough courts? Is the main thing. <laughs> Look, we we may a, have to use the public tennis court. We'll spread it across <laughs> the entire country. Yeah, across New Zealand, but that's all right. This is this is this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is great because I know that you you got some great cricket overs over there, but they're generally smaller. So I'd like to see <laughs> the players be on slightly smaller oh, courts. As long as they don't mind playing on concrete uh, in Waiuku, then they'll be absolutely fine. That would yes. be great. Hey, who are the big Kiwi tennis players? I haven't seen him in the draw this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, Cam Norrie. Cam Norrie got knocked out early. He plays under the British flag at the moment, but that's that's just oh. a typo. He's a pretty Mate, good, is, he's a top tenner. Right, you guys can claim someone else playing for another country, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, well you also know that Cam Norrie technically is he's the shit Andy Murray. Yes. <laughs> Did you see that? How he got sledged one night at John Kane Arena. And no. they, what happened yeah, there? So he, so he was playing. It was pretty late, ten thirty. You know. So John Kane Arena here is the one where I think it's cheap drinks. And <laughs> they have happy hour. They have happy hour <laughs> from eleven a.m. Yeah. to like about eleven p.m. Yeah. And so people get loose. That's the same court where the where's, where's Wallies were heckling Djokovic mm. a yes. couple of days later. So. Cam Norrie was playing, and um, it was actually – was it an English bloke that called out? I think it was. Yeah, probably an English bloke that lives in Melbourne now. It's their go. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and they just they just shouted out, hey, Cam, you're the shit Andy Murray, while he was mm. playing for their country. So speaking of, uh, I guess, tennis sledging, what about Djokovic giving it to your man, who I'm quite a fan of? Is it the Demon? Um, it is, yeah. Alex Demon. Ga- beat him and then gave him a little bit afterwards just for saying what I guess everyone had thought. Yeah, well, you f- he's he's working on a fake broken hamstring, old Djokovic. And then, so, <laughs> oh, being yeah. the straight shooter that he is, the demon just pointed it out. And, uh, well, I mean, Isn't that funny? Because the demon, the demon did make a couple of comments when they didn't let him in the country, and you know mm. that jo- the joke has just been stewing on that <laughs> yeah. for twelve months, and then he just came out and absolutely demolished him. We were we were actually. We, yesterday on our show, we were talking greatest floggings of all time because mm. that was, I don't know if you guys watched it. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like a, a boy playing a man. It was it was absolutely crazy. Now, hey, guys, have you got a new prime minister over there? Look, What's we've been happening? talking about this all day. We've been talking about this all day because today is the day for Mr. Hipkins, Chris Hipkins, the right honourable uh, new prime minister of New Zealand. We're not sure how long for, uh, but he's replaced Jacinda Ardern, our illustrious leader for the past couple of elections. And it's been Jacinda mania today. You either love her or hate her, don't you, Beave, in this country? Yeah, she's polarising. Very polarising. Uh, you know, obviously she's been through some troubled waters as far as what she's had to deal with. But She's done a lot.
She's done a lot over her two terms, uh, but she's finally decided that she wants to go and be a mum, which prompted a debate and a topic for us today. First day on the job, because we were wondering what Chris Hipkins will be facing today. Beaver suggested he should get his caucus, take them all to the back benches, which is the famous uh, bar that all the politicians frequent down in Wellington, and just have a good old jolly night. Uh, do you remember, or do you have any good stories from your first day on any jobs when you've been stitched oh, up geez. by a boss or a supervisor? I do like the idea of an honesty session with the, uh, <laughs> with the cabinet first day out. Just like, right, I know that uh, just Never have I it ever. one way, yeah. but the hip man's in charge now. <laughs> and you shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you? I can't think of it. Gibbo, what about your first day at SEN? Did you anything? Did they haze you in here? Did you have anything? <laughs> no, I wasn't hazed, so to speak. But I was working on the breakfast with Vossie's show at that stage. It was just Vossie, and I I'd sort of said that I had panelled a little bit more than I actually. Had. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you know when Tommy made a little bit of a blue, I. You know, I had been there. I was pressing wrong buttons. <laughs> I was turning mics off, leaving mics on during the ad break, which is a card oh, oh, What did Vossie say to that? Oh, or what, or what know, did Vossie say in the ad break? <laughs> I don't know. I was um, I was taking off shift 20 minutes in, so yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're, we're, are you guys disappointed Chris Hipskin, Hipkins took over? Because we were over here, we started a... A brief campaign. We wanted to see Brendan McCullum recalled oh, yeah. to New Zealand, and we wanted Baslaw. It's <laughs> a Unf- ring to that, isn't it? There is. Unfortunately, Baz uh, he's out. He's priced himself outside the market with this current gig that he's got, <laughs> so we just couldn't afford him. But uh, there will be a time when Baz will will pick the job He'll up. He'll be a very popular choice as well. He would be a very popular country. choice. Great leader. You get some stuff done too, doing it at Baslaw pace. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's front foot stuff. Productivity be through the roof. <laughs> you might get yourselves into a couple of wars accidentally, though. <laughs> it, it, Speaking it'd of be cricket, quite though. aggressive. Well, he's a winner at all costs, sort of guy, isn't he? Yeah, he is. You'd, you'd either you'd win a war within days, or you just wouldn't be a country anymore. Can we get a please explain on, on what's happening in the uh, Australian cricket commentary circles at the moment with a uh, Clark, an M Clark? Uh, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, what are you? Have you guys now you got doing? a gig in India? Hey, are you guys oh, commentating in India? Yes, and I'm sitting next to Pip on the flight over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pumped. Uh, well, you know what? We've been campaigning here on the mm. show. Um, a, to move the Australian Open to Brisbane and yep. now New Zealand. It's yes. changed. We're yes, doing both. beautiful. And the other campaign, Barney, which you started, which is a lot yep. of people behind it. Look, I don't know if you guys are all across this. There's a big controversy over here with the Australia Day, the current date it's on. So a lot of people are saying change the date, but no one's throwing up an alternate date. So we were thinking December 17, um, which is the day he was accused of, you know, getting in contact <laughs> with the old ex. And it, we're just going to call it Text Your Ex Day. Oh, um, phenomenal. Australia Day, just reach out to yeah. an ex, uh, plan a trip to India. <laughs> Beef, any takers? Than... Uh, well, I've only, I've only got one woman, so it's my wife. So I don't know if she wants to go into there or not. Yeah, um, well, she might. She might text the next. Mate, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's not all about <laughs> you. you. <laughs> Well, when you look at some of my kids, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh... <laughs> hey, uh, can we ask you guys? Um, we are big pro rugby union in this little studio. Yeah. Gibbo's sick for rugby. Hey, Eddie Jones, <laughs> the appointment of him, has that got your whole country shaking in the boots? Is it uh, a super shaky aisle over there? Are you nervous, Pete? Uh, it's, it's, first of all, flabbergasted that you got rid of your last guy. Uh, but secondly, it's going to be entertaining, isn't it? Because he ain't going to shut up. And there's, there's gonna, and that's why he was probably appointed. 
he's uh, he's he's got your back in, I guess, on the newspapers. To be fair, but uh, I look forward to Bledisloe one when Eddie has got all his uh, chat running at the All Blacks and uh, see where it ends up. But are they shaking? I couldn't imagine it. To be fair, yeah, I. Yeah, I feel like you are. I can hear it in your voice, <laughs> just quietly. I don't want to accuse you of anything, but I feel like you're scared. Um, and the thing is, you said you can't can't believe we got rid of the last bloke. Did you notice we lost to Italy? Yeah. Look, um, I don't I don't know if I can blame the last guy for that. Um, yeah, well, maybe yeah, twenty three. There was fifteen blokes on the, <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the field that did a bad job too. Wait, yeah. weren't we a really good team before Dave Rennie? I don't remember. Yeah, weren't uh, we winning Bledisloes and World Cups. No, nah, that was a long time no. ago. No, no. twenty two, twenty five like, years, are we? Yeah, yeah. God. Oh, God. Yeah. Just Who the coached other day? us in the 90s? Let's bring them back. <laughs> yeah. Bob Dwyer, mate. Bob Dwyer, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Bring Bob Dwyer back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, now, Kirsty, you were working on the Rugby Sevens in Hamilton last weekend. Is that right? I was. I was. Wait, did you get, did you party? Because we were chatting to uh, Henry Patterson mm. from yes, the Yes, the Australian. Rugby. Did they? Yeah. Well... He was saying they didn't, but it sounded like he was winking on the radio. <laughs> oh, and we did get warned about Hamilton. Hamilton has a <laughs> reputation, apparently. Does, well, yeah. I probably need to bring Beeve in here since he uh, lived in Hamilton and still basically lives on the outskirts of Hamilton. Because oh, you're not the it's, reason. It's the place in New Zealand that you don't want to go, but Beaver reckons it's the place in the world that every single athlete wants to appear. Uh, touring teams love Hamilton. What makes it so good? We're yet to hear. And I love to know why your mate was winking about it. What does he reckon? What's the rumor going? Around. They were warned, and Gibbo gave us the same warning because uh, he knows all about New Zealand that uh, there's an STI problem in uh, Hamilton. Look, I know, the stat, I know the stat they're talking about. I don't know it personally, but I know the stat they're referring to. <laughs> that was a stat that we did hold for a while, but I do believe a place called Gisborne has taken it off Hamilton. Well, that must be because of the one-week period of R&B. Uh, maybe that is the case, but... Hamilton, it's not the tourist mecca that a lot of people think it is, but it is one hell of a Friday and it's a Saturday night. So I can imagine the Sevens boys had a time. <laughs> what a great claim to fame. You know, some places Hamilton. are so what a the tourist, arts. What a tourist slogan. One hell of a Friday <laughs> or Saturday night. That's <laughs> oh, very good. Um, now, guys, your black caps. Mm. Not to bring up. Um, we don't you know, want to talk more, about more. them at the moment. Do you, do you want to avoid the black mm. caps? Well, we want to talk about we'll them. Move on. Yeah. But they uh, 3 0. In the uh, 50 overs, I mean, India's, they're not a pushover. And I think we're about to find that out. Um, what's going on over there? Uh, well, we're still the defending champions of the World Test Championship. That hasn't been taken off us just yet. And uh, I thought that was a joke, though, right? Wasn't that a practical joke <laughs> yeah. on the cricketing world? Was that not? <laughs> that was real? You're going to have to give the big baton back, guys. <laughs> that, that, that happened. Uh, no, we just sent the, the B team uh, to India because obviously there's a World Cup there later in the year, and then we'll send the big dogs. I think if you if you looked at our team list, you'd have seen that it's, it's missing the superstars of world cricket. So we'll be right. Don't worry about us. Now, talking talking about uh, world sports, the big one that's probably just uh, all over the – well, I, I do imagine New Zealand's in mourning this morning uh, or this morning when they woke up to find the result of the World uh, World Cup hockey match. You guys were knocked out in the quarterfinals against Belgium, uh, went down 2-0. Um, you know, is, is it all black sticks chat down there? Is there going to be some sort of inquiry to find out what went wrong at this World Cup? Look, we're big Black Sticks fan after yesterday because we had uh, one of the players on and we'll have to overlook the result uh, because 
a new fan favourite, Leon Hayward, the goalie, whose brother actually plays for Australia. He came on. He's got some yarns. He's got an amazing tattoo, which actually inspired Beaver to maybe get his first tattoo. He's got, and quote marks, on his stomach, man of the year. Man of the... On his stomach? On his stomach. Hmm. It's very uh, powerful. A powerful tattoo, we're calling it. Where in the stomach, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. but, Snail yes. trail, do you think? Well, yeah. Is there any arrows at the end of it? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, do you go portrait or landscape on that one? <laughs> that that is, is. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you guys had – because I've been, I've been talking – I'm a hockey nerd, so I've been talking oh, hockey. Torture and the guys, guys in here, they, they don't take oh. it seriously. And uh, I was trying to say, you guys would be across the black sticks and they thought this would be a joke little thing I'd throw in at the end. But you guys are across it. Uh, did you notice the kookaburras went through over Spain, mate? Yeah, good side, those kookaburras. With young Haywood in there too. Um, yeah. Brother of, of course. Brother. Yeah. yeah. How well. does that work? Do they have different parents? I How's don't. Oh, yeah, well, one's a you had to get to the bottom of that because <laughs> we were trying to work out the tattoo and where that came yeah. from. That's that, his Australian that, that side. That from Hamilton. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Teddy's definitely the Australian side. Oh, I doubt it. Uh, hey, uh, guys, I think we're getting the wind-up in here. Gibbo is very strict on his times when mm. he's in charge. Um, but it's lovely to chat to you. Our favourite part of the week. Uh, it is now. We, 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 hope, we hope you're back next Wednesday as well. I think we are. Yeah, yes, we, we are. are indeed. Um, and you know what? BP has now moved into second place. We'll have to let him know later. Oh, <laughs> Brett Phillips. The, yeah, he's going to be up. Have you guys had a cross to Brett Phillips? Yes, well, last year. We haven't, every oh, day. We can't get a hold of him this open. year. He must be too busy. Yeah, he's he's doing a lot of crosses because everyone loves him. <laughs> just that. And you know, he goes long with us. You know, mm. sometimes he'll go, I've got another crush, cross, I'm going to brush it. Yeah, because I love the professor and Barney, and we'll just chat to him. It must you be know? our call. That's us. Yeah. That is screening. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry yeah. about that. All, All right. right, we should just do a three-way. <laughs> okay. 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 On that wonderful <laughs> note, Kirsty, we're all yes. Professor and Barney. Thank you so much. Uh, they are in for Joel and Fletch for the next few weeks across the ditch on the drive show. Um, hilarious, sport-minded, mm. but entertaining. Yeah. Very very clever. Those Is it, two. Why do I feel like that's not the first time the three ways come up in our Aussie crosses? There was something else that we. Can you tell the difference between the two of them before? Yes. Which one's which? The lead is the professor, and Barney's okay. that one. They, they sound very similar, though, don't they? That is me. Should I clip out a clip of each of them and, <laughs> and play it back? And have Beef tell us which yes, one's which? Please do that. Please yeah. do that. I'll give it a whirl. Thank you very much. We'll do that. Uh, this is the run home on SENZ, brought to you by Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Now, uh, on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, we have already crossed the ditch with Professor and Barney. Those two are brilliant. We're going to play a game in a moment. Uh, we've also got Drive to Survive coming up for 150 bucks today. We've wow. jackpotted three times. We want you to win some money, so get on the blower. Give us a bell. We're playing Drive to Survive right after the news with Johnny Mac for one. 50. It's a big day today for Drive to Survive. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. But before we do, we need Beef to put his money where his mouth is. Mm -hmm. He thinks he can tell the difference between the Professor and Barney. Manaya is going to put him to the test. 
I've clipped out two bits um, in record time, I might add, uh, for your listening pleasure. Jacob's going to have to tell you whether you're right or not because uh, I can't see them and I can't tell their voices apart. I, speak, I suspect neither can you, Stephen Donald. Voice number one, is this Barney or the Professor? Kirsty, you were working on the Rugby Sevens in Hamilton last professor, weekend. Professor, stop is it now. Right? I was, I was. Next wow, one? that was record time. That was correct. Mm-hmm. Who's this next one? And Gibbo gave us the same warning because uh, he knows all about New Zealand. But, uh, there's an STI problem. Well, cursed, unfortunately for you, <laughs> Beaver can tell the professor and Barney Congratulations, apart. Beaver. <laughs> Congratulations. I can't, and I still can't, to be honest with you. Play them again. They both sound the same to me. They were warned, and Gibbo gave us the same warning. Kirsty, uh, you were working on the Rugby Sevens in Hamilton last yeah, week. Yeah, barely any difference. <laughs> Honestly, same pitch, same level. No. Same person. No, Professor's got that little bit lighter, lighter, maybe high pitch but decibels. Well, I'm glad you can tell the difference between the two. Well, do your research, get prepared for your show. Both geniuses. Yeah. Both geniuses, those two. Uh, very good. Very well done from you. And thanks so much, Manaya and Jacob, for doing that so promptly. Bravo. Uh, time now. <laughs> good TV channel there, bravo. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, some good stuff coming up on that. We'll find out whether or not it is good. And we'll do our official Oscars review and see whether or not it will make our awards show. We'll talk about that in a moment. But get on the phone. Grab your mobile or your landline 0800 150 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. We have a $150 voucher to give away, all thanks to our great mates at the TAB. We're playing Drive to Survive right after News and Sport with Johnny Mack. This is Drive to Survive. Yes, it is, Beeb. Drive to Survive. It's a massive day today. It is Wednesday and we're feeling generous. We have $150, all thanks to the TAB, to give away on the greatest quiz game on radio. Are you ready? Is someone ready to step up, to take the reins, to take the Oscar and all its glory and win some money for the bank? Wow. I hope they are because 150 on week one, Kirst? Jeez. I never thought we'd get to this level. But the question that stumped a lot of them yesterday was what NBA team has acquired a friend of mine, Rui Hachimura, via a trade yesterday. And, well, the answer never got told to us. So they've all had an opportunity to research it, uh, a.k.a. Google it, and let's hope we get off the starters' blocks this evening because there's 150 to play for, and although we want to give it away, you've got to earn it. So we're going to start in Christchurch where Tim is waiting for us. Tim, are you waiting for us with the answer to the Hachimura riddle. I am indeed. It's the Lakers. It is the Lakers. Hachimura, much of a player, Tim? No idea. No idea. <laughs> Often when uh, these teams select uh, someone like a Hachimura, especially in the baseball world or even the soccer world, like when a man new picks a Japanese player or whatever, I often think jersey sales. Is this an um, economic yeah, decision? Yep. Yep, because... That is one country with a big population that once one of their stars gets somewhere high profile like that. It's probably really good beef. It probably is too. But it's also not not silly when you can get 30-odd million buying jerseys off you. Uh, We'll move on from my economics uh, intel there to question two. Lap one, here we are. Who top scored for the Black Caps last night in their third straight defeat to India? Uh... Yeah, this one I can't really remember. Um, was it Conway? It was Devin Conway. I think his second hundred for the series. Second hundred for the series. 
I do believe. Um, to no avail, unfortunately. Question three, we're with Tim from Christchurch. Tim, on fire early here. Will Selwyn Cobo play in the NRL All-Star game in Rotorua? Uh, no. Front left tires. Yeah, you can see it's starting to shred. Makes it easy for someone else. Well, this guy is so intelligent, I don't know if he needs 50% of the answers to be taken off the table. But we're going to go there now. Ed, Ed, how are we today? Hey, I'm good, mate. I'm just dropping Carla off. But anyway, um, <laughs> he just said all these guys um, that didn't make it, so it wasn't him, so I think he is playing. Selwyn Cobo is playing for the NRL All-Stars. Of course, Selwyn Cobo, very good player, played State of Origin this year, but has also been in the news lately because he went on a podcast and said his coach, and not his former coach, his current coach, nice guy, not a very good coach. So that would have been an awkward come on first day Monday curse. You've been talking about some... Don't come Monday. Yeah, well, that was almost a don't come Monday, but Kevy Walters, the bigger man in all of us, said, mm. no, that's fine, we'll move on from that. And away he goes. Question four. Lap one here with Ed. Will Ruby Tui play Super Rugby or Picky this year? Oh, boy. Um, I'll have a guess and say she's going back to the Picky. His engine has blown. Well, a lot of 50-50 questions today. On to the next. On to the next. And we are in Auckland with Simon. Simon, how are we? Good, thank you. Tell me, mate, will Ruby Tui play Super Rugby or Picky this year? That'll be a no. That'll be a no. And not injured, just... Weighing up her options. Maybe political aspirations, maybe playing overseas. There you go, interesting. Maybe Sky. Maybe just a commentator alongside our illustrious co-host here. Kirst Stanway. She'll know more than we do, but uh, she's a professional, so she'll keep it tight-lipped at I'll tell you when I know. Okay, there you go. Question one of lap two. We've taken some hits to get here, but we are now here. Remembering people, we are playing for 150 from our great mates at the TAB. Who took the most wickets for the Black Caps last night? Um... Um, should I don't know, Santa? Front left tires. Yeah, you can see it's starting to shred. I wish it was Santa because a power play that I got on, which included Santa and Bracehall to score 60 runs in between them, score, get three wickets, was paying a bit and I got on it. Well, I got the runs part of it. Mm. Well and truly. Mm. But unfortunately, Santa didn't get the wickets for me. We move now to, well... We move to one of the great spots of New Zealand. Brett is in Huntley. How are we, mate? Good, bro. Tell me, who took the most wickets for the Black Caps last night? I thought uh, Duffy and Tickner got three o'clock. This is the worst start for a Grand Prix that I have ever seen. This is when I cut some pretty sharp eyes at my uh, producer's window just in case, because the confidence that you said that with Brett um, makes me start second-guessing mm. the answer that's in yeah. front of me. No, he was right. Jacob wrote the wrong answer in there, so uh, oh. we, we might have to bring him back on. So this, this is a classic case of Jacob... Day one on the day job. Day one on the job. <laughs> yeah. Or giving an, an impersonation of Jacob <laughs> day one on the job, because... Um, 
I felt that the confidence Brett spoke with there. Yeah, put him back on, put him yeah. back on. <laughs> it screamed, Brett knows the right answer, but the guy producing the show here, writing the questions, doesn't. Um, okay, Jacob? <laughs> that was right, Brett. I'm sorry, mate. You're on your final warning of 2023. <laughs> well, he went for three, four hundred, though, man. Yeah, well, oh, Lockie Ferguson got two, apparently. He gave away a lot of runs. I know it wasn't 100, though. Uh, I'll tell you what, speak of giving away runs, they're giving away some runs in that producer's booth right now, but I'm going to move on and (laughs) carry on the professionalism or what is left of it here on the run home. (laughs) So we're still with Brett, and we are still on track to get that 150 from the TAB. Who is the great Novak Djokovic playing tonight? Rublev. Andre Rublev. That's not bad pronunciation in my books. In fact, it's very good in my books. <laughs> it was one of the easier ones. <laughs> <laughs> Question three here with Brett, who's getting ever so close to that 150. We've just talked to them. They were outstanding, and if you missed it, go back on the app and listen to our Cross with Australia this week. But our question for the final one of lap two, who is filling in for Joel and Fletch across the ditch this week? Oh, the Professor and Bunny. That is correct. No need to second-guess yourself there, Professor and Barney, and thankfully there we all knew the answer as well here in the studio. Well... Yeah, Kirst called you out, then Nailed it. <laughs> I'm surprised that Kirst would dare call me out on such an issue. But we've got here, mate, 150. Come on, Brett. It is in the Courier, down the river, to Huntley right now as we speak. If you can get this question, which... It's not a sitter, I'll give you that. A Kiwi speed golfer has smashed the world record for number of holes played in a day. How many holes did he play? 311? Missy spoke to him this morning. What a legend, dude. You're a legendary, Brett. You're a legendary. <laughs> well done, mate. Was, uh, he played that with a six iron. The whole weight. What, what, what did he work out as far as distance goes? Must have been a few marathons itself. Uh, he was saying he's not much of a golfer, so he's um, he doesn't go too well with the long stick. He ain't no uh, Kirst Stanway. Mm. Sure. Mm. With the long stick. Very um, few so are. He, uh... <laughs> well, you're not. But... No. <laughs> Jeez, you've fired a lot of Bob's Beavers lately. Oh, it's continuous, mate. This is only half of it. Mate, well done. 111 holes, what a legend. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Congratulations, Brett. 150, that is bloody brilliant and well-deserved as well. Cheers, Chris. Thank Thanks, you mate. so much. Thanks for calling. Thanks for playing uh, Drive to Survive for another day. We start again tomorrow with the 50. 50 bucks to come. I, I want to talk about something. Yes. That's just uh, surfaced and... and um, that I've just seen. Now, do we have to? Oh, I'm just I'm just getting the wind up from the producer. Right, okay. Apparently we've got to go. So <laughs> I will hold on to that thought and come back in a minute.